I'm Lauren. And I'm Charlotte. My pronouns are she and her. This is Demythifying. The podcast where two best friends talk mythology, go off on tangents, and hope to bring a little bit more forgotten magic to the world. I don't know about you, but I'm so ready to channel my inner Mystic Meg. I've been dusting off my star charts and I'm ready to get our horoscope on. By now, everyone knows how I'm here for all the monsters. So for this story, the consensus between Eratosthenes and Hygienus is the same. Now, we haven't covered Heracles yet because we wanted to introduce you to all of the gods and goddesses first because they appear in the stories of the heroes, but they are coming soon. So I think I mentioned in the Halloween episode that Heracles battled Verlin and Hydra. It is one of the few degrees of accuracy in Disney's Hercules. Now, as if the challenge of a poison-blooded head-growing monster wasn't enough, Hera decided to make his job even harder. She went hard on Heracles. Oh, so badly. So Hera raised a crab to attack Heracles, and in a rage, he crushed it. I'm assuming this is a big crab, not a small crab that you get on the beach. And as a thank you for its help, its attempt to help, she raised it up as the constellation Cancer. Am I right in saying that there are some special stars in Cancer related to Dionysus called the Aces? Yes. So when he, Hephaestus and the satyrs rode out on asses or donkeys to fight the giants the donkeys began braying which startled said giants and made them run away so they became stars as a thank you and became part of the cancer constellation this fighting the giants is part of the gigantomachy the gigantomachy which is a bit ridiculous that these huge giants are scared of these donkeys how big are these donkeys I don't know, I'm imagining like sassy donkeys from Shrek. Although I'm scared of dogs, so maybe it's the same as me being scared of a chihuahua. Chihuahuas are brutal. <laughs> they are, but maybe that's what they think about these donkeys. The thing is as well, chihuahuas give no fucks. They have short man <laughs> syndrome. That is why they are angry little fuckers. So <laughs> honestly, I've never seen a, chi- a chihuahua that has been chill. It's chill. That's chill. No, exactly. Big fluffy dogs, like St. Bernard's, they are they're actually calmer. Yeah, they're proper chill. And then you get these like yappy little chihuahua things. So I don't know. I'm not sure about the, the I don't think donkeys are scary. I mean, they could bite, but. Have you ever been bitten by a donkey? I've been bitten by a horse and it hurts. No, I haven't. I haven't. But unless it's a thing that's just like a surprise. You know, like sometimes a noise surprises you and you jump and it could be. Well, for me, it's like my cat might have knocked something over. It's like a knocked a pen on the floor, but the noise, I'm not expecting it. And it's just like, oh, what was that? And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And they just ran away. They didn't wait and see. They're just like, oh, I don't know. There are two main theories as to why there is a lion constellation. The first is simply because it thought itself as a king of beasts, and so Zeus put it there as a constellation. That seems a bit simple and rubbish, considering that they have all these elaborate stories for everything else. 
you rate yourself let's just put you in the stars <laughs> sassy lion is feeling itself and there's he says oh yeah go on then yeah no it really does seem a bit a bit rubbish the other which is the more probable story and the more interesting option is that it's the Nemean lion which is the first labor of heracles we aren't sure if it was zeus who hung it in the stars as a celebration of heracles's victory or if Nigidius's account is correct, that it was Hera. Now, he claims that she raised it on the moon to be an opponent for him again, and that she put it in the stars out of her hatred for him. I mean, either could be true. Certainly, she holds grudges enough. You remember how she requested that Callisto and her son not be able to be in the sky at the same time? Yes. Yeah. Now, whereas for Hesiod, the Nemean lion was born to... Ophrys and the Chimera, or perhaps Echidna. We also said that the Nemean lion could well be a child of Typhon and Echidna, because, shock horror, sources do not always agree. There are other accounts that have Selene involved in its birth in some way, or involved in its rearing. Selene is the other moon goddess. So you have Artemis, who is goddess of basically everything and the moon then you have hecate who is like badass witch goddess who's also associated with the moon um but you have selene as well and a quote from elian says they say that the lion of nemea fell from the moon and got a quote from Epimenides, which is for i am sprung from fair tressed selene the moon who in a fearful shudder shook off the savage lion in Nemea and brought him forth at the bidding of Queen Hera. So it's different origin story. It's a different origin story, but it's still saying that it was result of Hera being just angry at Heracles. Anaxagoras also reports that the Nemean lion was said to have fallen from the moon. And Pseudo-Plutarch's On Rivers has the Nemean lion as... A nice little collaboration between Hera and Selene, and it was employing magical incantations to bring the Nemean lion forth from a chest filled with foam. And Hygiena says that Selene had nourished the lion in a two-mouthed cave. So we now have about six possible different origin stories for this one creature. So this shows you how it's really hard sometimes, but it's interesting that pretty much all of them have Hera responsible for it attacking Heracles. Like, that's the one thing all the sources agree on is Hera's pettiness. She either collected it and like saved it for this purpose, or she deliberately helped bring it forward to attack Heracles. There are a few different possibilities to where the Virgo constellation came from. Hesiod said that she is the daughter of Zeus and Themis, and her name is Justice. Her story is carried on by Aratus, who said she was immortal and actually could be possibly the child of Eos and Astraeos. Astraeos. Regardless of her parentage, she lived among the humans in the Golden Age. As humans began to change from the worse... She withdrew from them 
And eventually, when the Bronze Age of Mankind was happening, she flew up into the heavens. I'm sure I've read that she could be Demeter as well, because she's holding an ear of corn. It's only the ear of corn that suggests it could be Demeter. Other potential people that Virgo could be are Fortune, Isis, Eragone, and Parthenos. Fortune, or under her Greek name, Taichi, doesn't appear in any myths, but could still have some importance. The suggestions that Virgo could be Taichi are because Fortune is believed to be very blind and the stars in the head of the Virgo constellation are very dim in comparison. Parthenos was the daughter of Apollo and Chrysothemis and she was given the name Parthenos, which means maiden. She died young and the story is that she was put in the stars as commemoration. The only source for this story is Hyginus, so I don't think it's an especially common myth. I found it quite strange that there's no specific myth for the Libra constellation. So instead, it's actually the claws of the scorpion that are split over the Libra slash Scorpio constellation. We already mentioned a story in our Apollo Artemis episode where Orion became BFFs with Artemis and it ended sadly and Scorpion was sent up to the stars as a warning. And it might have been where we first teased the constellation myth episodes. I think it was. I also remember telling you then that I had an alternative version of the Scorpio myth. So now it's time to tell that story. We're using the same book for this story as we have for all myths in the Constellation Minisodes, which is mostly a translation of Aristosthenes and Hyginus and makes a reference to something called the Vatican Fragments. In this version, Artemis and Orion, they're still besties. I like their friendship. They were out hunting and Orion was so convinced of his prowess that he told her that he could kill anything and everything that Earth brought forward. Gaia was so enraged that she sent forth a scorpion that killed him. Zeus was impressed with the bravery of both, and he placed them both in the stars. Artemis asked Zeus to extend a favour to Orion, and as one rose in the sky, the other would go down. The pettiness of some... of like Gaia is like one of the oldest of deities. And she cares about what this one dude, who is just walking casually with his bestie, is saying... You know, he's probably just mouthing off and chatting shit and bringing himself up. Maybe he fancies her. It's just, you can't say... That's exactly, exactly what he's doing. You can't say anything. And she's like, well, I'm going to show you. But he's he's probably not being serious. No, he's picking himself up. Or maybe he is being serious and he genuinely believes it. But it's, it's like, you're the all-powerful Earth. Are you really going to believe what some dude... Who's just bragging to his friends. It's just so it's, again, it's <laughs> ridiculous. But I I love the constellation myth, so I have read a few other things about possible stories. Obs. Obs. One was that Artemis was so fond of Orion that she actually came close to marrying him. Now the rest of the story is similar to the one that you told, but Apollo bet her to an archery contest, which was to hit a dark object out in the sea which obviously was Orion. And she hit him and she killed him by accident. Um, this is why the Orion constellation is up there in this story. There are other stories about him before his death as well that 
would have happened in all of these stories. So even in stories where he's seemingly quite nice and he's besties with Artemis, as opposed to him being put up in the stars because of stuff to do with the Pleiades, because mm. obviously we just discussed that story. So we have that version of the story. We have the versions of the story we've discussed today. And then the one where Apollo tricked her into killing him, which is the one that you told in our episode about the twins. Yeah. In every single one of these stories, there are other stories about him before his death, and they've mentioned him raping people. So here's another man in Greek myth with rapey tendencies, which is gross. So gross. I started reading Ariadne by Jennifer Saint last night, which you, well, Lauren got me, which was, it was fantastic. I couldn't sleep, so I thought I'm going to start giving it a go. And... On page 10. It's so good. It's so good so far. Page 10, she talks about this story. And it's Gaia, mother of all things, sending a scorpion. And there's a quote here, which I think really, really fits these constellation myths. It says here, so Ariadne is saying that, It seemed the night skies were littered with mortals who had encountered the gods and now stood as blazing examples to the world below of what the immortals could do. And I think that fits with what we were saying about, you know, he's there with bravado saying, I can kill anything, I can hunt anything. And Gaia's saying, Mm-mm-mm. no, you're immortal. I'm an immortal. I can do this for you. And kind of don't get too big for your boots. That's how I read these these constellation myths anyway. I really like that quote. That quote's really cool. I'm so excited for you to finish it in anticipation of our, us talking to them. And... We are. We should read Electra sort of side by side and compare notes on it because that's coming out at the end of April. Well, originally so. I was thinking of saving it and doing a sort of book club thing, but not yet. We'll we'll come. That will come in good time. Yes, in all good time with the instas and socials, and we can open that out. I can't wait to read Electra. I mean, we can do it for when we did start a book club, but I I want to read it just because I loved. Ariadne so much I couldn't put it down and also Electra is going to from what I understand there are three different voices in it so you I don't know how far you are whether you get the voice of Phaedra but she splits the story between Ariadne's voice and Phaedra's voice which works so well okay but apparently in Electra it's going to be Electra Cassandra and Clytemnestra and I love Clytemnestra so I'm very excited I'm on page 11 so I've, I've got high hopes for this so far Thanks for hanging out with us today. Follow us on Instagram at Demythifying the Podcast for more Olympus-based content. And if you're liking what we're doing, please rate us and subscribe. See you again next time and check us out wherever you get your podcasts. You can also now check out our brand new shiny website. I've been Charlotte, she's been Lauren, and together we've been Demythifying.